and welcome to My Xbox and Me, episode 168. I am one of your hosts, MC Fixer, alongside kind of funny best friend. I'm, I'm not using that. Greg Miller's new lover, Tim's new best friend. I don't know. I watched the new Game Over Greg's show and Snowbite Mike was everywhere. Snowbite Mike, how are you? Good morning, MC Fixer and My Xbox and Me fans. What is going on? I'm feeling good. I'm looking good, and let's go kick butt this week I, I with can, some awesome video games. I can definitely confirm on the looking good. Your hair is always spectacular. Your beard always on point. You know, you haven't quite got you haven't quite got the complexion of me, but you'll do. All right, you'll do. <laughs> uh, what's popping, man? What's popping? What's new out there in the world? How you been? Man, I'm feeling good. You know, fix. I've been having some fun. I've played a lot of games, so I can't good. wait to talk about what's in my box. Mm -hmm. But uh, I did upload a new YouTube video nice. called the 2K Courtside with your boy Snowbike Mike, where I talk about everything 2K League related. And uh, episode one went really well. Kind of gave it a little Sports Center vibe. You can tell that Snowbike Mike is in his middle school to high school editing phase, where yeah. I got some dumb chops, I got some dumb fadeaways, and. Uh, it made me feel special putting it up there, so that's been nice. And anybody that I can show my hosting reel to, I do it. I'm at work. I'm like, hey, have you seen this hosting reel yet? And I pull out my phone. <laughs> I press play. I'm like, has your mama seen it yet? Why don't you send it to your you mama? You should send it to her, and, too. Uh, I love that. <laughs> that reminds me like my early days of doing music. Like That used to be me. Like When I used to do music, it's like someone would come in and be like, yo, listen to my new song. Listen to my new song. Listen to Look, check this out. With videos, it's a little bit harder. You just sort of spam it in people's Facebook boxes. Like, hey, got a new video. You should watch it and share it and like it and comment and do all the stuff. But yeah, it's hard. It's hard. Well, good. I'm glad things are going well. Um, we got a lot to talk about this week. I tell you, a great show coming up. We're going to, obviously, topic of the show this week is going to be, I got to play Metro Exodus for five hours and Snowbound Mike's going to ask me all the questions he wants about the game so we'll get into that oh, very so soon jealous. but before that let's get through the housekeeping remember you can get this show early over on patreon.com slash mcfixer go subscribe to the youtube channels youtube.com slash mcfixer youtube.com slash snowbiamike and youtube.com slash me. remember you can find us on iTunes SoundCloud Google Play and Spotify every Friday if you don't support over on Patreon uh, if you're not reviewing over there please guys if you're on iTunes especially drop a review it helps us char helps more people find it if you know people in the industry or maybe you're i've learned this new one where it's like when there's like sub you're in groups yeah and it's like sub sunday you're like i don't create content i've got nothing to share consider sharing my xbox and me it would be dope if people could like go oh this is worth checking out you guys have been listening to it for like 168 episodes now if we can really share it amongst our own little split communities that we have we could just pick up a few new people every single week so if you can do that i would really appreciate it remember next week is community game night it is back once a month will take place on the last saturday of each and every month this month will be halo 5 8 p.m till 12 i think we're saying and we'll see what happens that's gmt uk time i heard there's a gmt in america i didn't know that found out yesterday found out yesterday didn't know that interesting it's about an hour difference but you know you learn something new every day but forget all that let's talk about some video games what has been in your box this week snow bike mike so many fun games fixed. I cannot wait to talk about them. Let's talk about my Xbox Game Pass right nice. now. We've had Absolver Downfall. Now, I played that. Fix, I, I just don't know. We're going to talk about this one for a minute. Mm -hmm. I just don't know how to feel about this game. Okay. 
people would tell me it's like an open world MMO fighting game. Then I'm out there. I'm yeah. running around. People don't have faces. Uh-huh. I'm punching them. I'm kicking them. I'm giving them the tiger claw. Yep. And I'm enjoying that. <laughs> then I get my buddy Earl the Squirrel in there. The two of us are just running at people. We're punching people. I'm like, okay, this is cool. I don't know what's happening. I don't understand the map. Then I see some random guy who's actually a player. I'm like, guess what, Earl? Let's go destroy him. him We destroy him, right? Then all of a sudden we hit a boss fight. Well, unfortunately, in the boss fights, you don't come together on that. It's a solo instance. Oh. I didn't like that at all because Earl's like, oh, my God, this guy's beating me up. And I'm like, I don't see you, Earl. And I jump into my own. It's We're all by ourselves. But I will say the cherry on top was we made it to our second boss fight, which was a bu- brother-sister combo. And you know me. I'm not going to lose to anybody. I'm out there. <laughs> I am going to get you. I'm going to roundhouse kick you in the face. And so we probably spent 10 tries trying to beat the brother-sister combo. We probably super underleveled. But I eventually cheesed him out because there's a stair system that you can jump oh, off yeah. the stairs, yeah. get a little bit of distance. And I finally destroyed them. It felt great. I don't think I'll ever go back to this game. I just didn't understand what was happening. Okay, cool. Before we move on, let me... Yeah, I me and Crash played it, actually. Um, we downloaded it. It was in Game Pass. Um, was I loved everything that I played of it. Don't think we got to a boss then. Must not have gotten to a boss. So is the boss passed... And there's not really spoilers for this game, because I agree with you. When it comes to the story, I'm like... Uh, I don't know. When it comes to the world, I'm like, uh, I don't know. It's just some people running around fighting. You've got your different stances, um, your different fight styles, and you're leveling up your character with equipment and abilities and stuff like that. So that's pretty much what you're getting. Same sort of art style as Ashen, um, but obviously with a a co-op system, in my opinion, that works. I invite you. You join. Perfect. Uh, there's other players that can invade your world, like the Snowbite Mike with Sand, and we come up across someone was like, get him! Like, every person we found, we were just like, get him, get him, get him! One dude literally killed both of us. He didn't know. We took him out, pulled out my sword, ba ba ba, dead. But I didn't get to any bosses, so it's really, really interesting uh, to know that there's boss fights in the game and that they're single-player only, because I hate that. I, I didn't get to that, but I hate that idea already. That, to me, is yes. silly. It's really inter- interesting because it's not like it doesn't label boss fight anywhere. No, yeah. You just kind of go up to a certain area and it's this weird like glowing warp zone tunnel is what it looks like. And you kind of walk up to and press A and you go into that instance. But it's all solo, which kind of takes the fun out of the game because yes. you and your buddy are running around laughing and enjoying it. And now all of a sudden you're one-on-oneing this boss. He brings in minions and it gets overwhelming sometimes. But uh, all in all, the boss fights were interesting. You know, it reminded me of For Honor with those different stances, like yeah. you talked about, fix of like you could change up, you could go back side, front side, and I don't know, maybe not enough, you know, kind of description like we talked about with Below of like I need you to hold my hand just a little bit more. Like there's a giant map there that we were just running in circles, and there was literally nothing telling us to go this way, go that way, go fight this boss. I didn't feel like there was anything in front of me. Interesting. So did you get to the the big map where it's got the different color icons? Is that what you're up to? Is that what you're exactly. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I got to that part, and then we got past that part, but we didn't separate for boss fights because oh, there was different. There was different masked people that you had to take out. Are you all about those people? No, I haven't seen any of those guys. Uh, okay. Interesting. You know what? I would tell you to keep playing and give. Report See how far back we can. Me. Yeah. It's an interesting one. I love the ashen look. 
but yeah. I don't know the slowdown of the fighting style, the solo player instance. I wasn't feeling that for me. It was definitely a game with the I enjoyed for its simple uh, simpleness. But I can imagine if you wanted to get really good at the game, you could. Like there's plenty of there's plenty of different fight styles out there. Me and Christian are one v one, best of three, and that was a ton of fun. Cause it's just me sitting there using the emotes and taunting him to try and get him in and then i'm taking him out that was a lot of fun had a lot of fun with that but beyond that um yeah it was the story there was there wasn't one for me it was just sort of like you are you're a fighter go and see other fighters i like the aspect of other people being in your world where you have that choice where they could help you fight off the ai or you could kill them and get like a big reward uh in your xp like over a thousand we would get for each person we would kill him was like all right every person we see we're killing no matter what so uh, that was a lot of fun so i agree with you that was that was a I, that was i think i'll carry on playing it like if i get like an hour spare like it's only about 15 hours to beat apparently uh at max so i was like well me and Chris could definitely jump on and do another session and maybe have it done in like free play sessions. So hopefully we do that and we'll see what happens. But yeah, it was a lot of fun. I, like I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Uh, what else well, let me plan? tell you about another game that you're going to really enjoy currently on your Xbox Game Pass. And it was on a kind of funny party mode after charge. Oh, okay. Yeah. Or Aftershock. I don't know. I've, it's, I wrote it after down. After something. It. <laughs> yeah. Let me tell you what. This is a fun, fanatic 3v3 game where the robots are invisible. They got to destroy about five to seven different generators put around the map. And then there's a three-person squad called the Defenders that have guns, but they can't see the robots until they either punch the uh, crazy uh, batteries or charges, whatever God, you want to yeah. call them. Yeah. And then if they punch them. So it was super fun to squad up with two other friends and we probably played that all night long on one night of the stream and we're laughing cracking up running around we felt like pros at the beginning our first <laughs> hour and a half we're crushing it we're leveling up we're level five and then all of a sudden we hit kids who really knew the meta of like putting up shields putting up a turret that would shoot at you they found this guy that had a tracker that would track you around and literally follow your invisible robot and like so you could tell there was the beginners laughing and learning and then there was a top-level gameplay of, like, oh, you could really get in depth with this game. So I would check that one out. Three-on-three, three, you can invite all th two of your friends yeah, yeah. and have a great time. That one was really cool. Ah, interesting. I saw Amy playing this over on the Words About Games Twitch channel. And um, it looked interesting enough, but I didn't really know what was going on. It, it doesn't look like my type of game. But maybe if I was playing with friends, it could be a lot of fun. So maybe I'll consider giving it a go. We'll have to wait and see on that one. Yeah, you'll, you never know. On Saturday, kind of funny, is going to have a fun time. I think it's Saturday or Friday. Andy Cortez is going to play it. They're going to give out 100 game keys. Nice. So maybe you'll be there. Maybe you can play with them. Maybe. Or check it out. But I, I would recommend it. It's a fun game on your Xbox Game Pass. Gotcha. Uh, and then my next one, dude, you got to get involved with this one. Hive Jump has released. And Hive Jump was recommended to me by Chris Moore, okay. good kind of funny best friend. Yeah. And it is an awesome 2D action platformer that's all about killing bugs. So think of Starship Troopers. Think of 2D action platformer with a couch co-op aspect. Okay. It's fun, it's fast, it's furious, it's fanatic, it's wild and crazy. I really like this one, and it's very Metroidvania-like where you die real quick, you got to yeah. go back, you got to do it again. But every single time you win, it's so rewarding. And it's super cool. There's boss bugs. You go into hives. There's different levels. It reminded me of Spelunky, where you would go into these procedurally generated hives. And it was like 
too deep, but at the same time, you'd start going down to. Yeah. You'd have to find the next door into the next hive. You'd go down some more, and then you fight the big boss. Yeah. So much fun. you got to check this one out. That sounds cool. It sounds like a SteamWorld uh, dig as well, one and two, oh, which yeah, is yeah. dope. I love those games. So if it's even anything like that, I'd, I'll definitely check that out. Well, that was called Hive, did you say? Hive Jump. Hive Jump. Okay, cool. Yeah, super cool. We streamed it on a Thursday we had Hive Jump community members in the chat. They were answering questions, engaging with the community. It was super cool. They did a great job with their social team to go out there and really talk with people the day it released. So shout out to them. My final three I got for you. We'll keep it quick. Halo 5. We're playing a lot of Halo 5. We had a Snowbike Mike Sunday tournament series. Mm. Halo 5 duos. And guess who won? Team UK. Dan Oni yeah. came out and, and ran who, who, this who, who was he with? Who was he with? He was with this kid named Speed Phantom. Okay. The two of them love to talk about SpongeBob and just recite SpongeBob lines okay. while destroying you. I mean, they destroyed Fix. They went 3 0 on every team they found. <laughs> they destroyed Sean Twisters and Brian Makes Games. Oh, really? They needed to destroy uh, Suburbanite Slob and Xanfair. I mean, these two kids were running amok in the tournament nobody uh, wanted to face them so give him some love next time you see him uh diablo 3 we're playing that's fun to run through with some friends it was super cheap still never played that sale. still never played that i've got it never played it me and Haley, i oh, bought fix. it for me and Haley to play and just never got around to it interesting okay never, you never. should definitely play that one that one's great dude and then i want to give a shade out, a shout out agdq of course oh, just yeah, happened yeah. last week and if you don't know what Awesome Games Done Quick is, you got to check this out. Twice a year, they have a big charity fundraiser where they bring in all these incredible speedrunners. They play games that you would never beat, games that you could never think were beaten in such a quick time. Mm -hmm. And my favorite one was the, you know, Metroidvania, Castlevania, or, uh, you know, whatever you want to call yeah. those games. It was The Messenger. It was Dead Cells. It was Celeste. It was... Oh man, there was like five games in a row. I know, oh, I, I know, I did Resident Evil, and I watched that yeah. one. I watched the Resident Evil. Oh, one. I watched the Resident Evil yeah. guy. That was fun, is right. Yeah. And it's cool just to see them destroy, break all of the games that you know and love. The kids beat Dead Cells in twelve minutes. You're like looking at it, like, oh my god, how did he do that? Yeah. And they were talking about it of like they had the three kids there that were clearly pros at the video game, but they had to like make this emulator because the worlds are so different, and they needed a set couple of items yeah. to actually beat the game that quick so they had to sit there and like repetitively keep respawning and yeah. spawning to try to find the right items so they f built this emulator to give them like a one in five thousand chance instead of <laughs> one in fifty thousand chance just to get the items it was so cool to listen to and see of course the one kid beat cuphead again we've seen him before the mexican runner is his name and he did the s p challenge where you can't hit and you can't kill anybody uh, on all the run-through levels. Oh, okay. And then on the big boss levels, you have to do it on the S standard, meaning you have to counter all three moves. You have to kill them in a certain amount of time, and you can't take that many damage. And it was yeah. super cool to watch. I mean, what a great time, and uh, you got to check those out. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, yeah, I'm still playing Fortnite, uh, as I'm sure you're you – no, oh, I'm sure no one is surprised by. Um, and that's about it. Like, obviously – 
the big one that we're about to talk about um, is that I had the chance to play uh, Metro Exodus, and that is topic of the show this week. Um, I was fortunate enough to be invited by Deep Silver UK uh, to an event in London, so thank you so much to Deep Silver for inviting me, um, and got to play Metro Exodus for about five hours. I played on the Xbox One X, of course, on a beautiful 4K probably about 42 inch 32 inch and i'll tell you mike it was like this close to my face like it was it was too much it was too close i'm not gonna lie but it was a lot a lot of fun so i thought what we could do here is um you could ask me anything you want about the game i mean i can go off on a few tangents i just made a video that'll be going up um today the same day the patreon sports can hear this and will be out by the time everybody else is hearing this but um if you any questions? What have you got, Mike? What 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 do you? What is this game to you? Are you looking forward to it? Do you not care? Where are you at on this this one? Oh, I'm super excited for this. I've been telling you, I've been looking forward to it for a long time. It was one of those games where you know I was already sold from day one. Yeah. Then I was extra sold when they came out with either the E3 conference trailer or it was the Game Awards trailer. And then we also talked about like, how much more can I take? I can't yeah. have any more games spoiled for me. I can't see any more trailers because I'm just ready to go. And then they had the final trailer Story on the trailer. train. And I was yeah. like, you know what? I don't even care. <laughs> just keep going. Give me more. Uh, so I guess my true question is, is when we talk about this fix, you know, you were so privileged to get to go to yeah. one of these awesome press events. So what I want to start with was, Tell us the setting. Was it like the Resident Evil 2 remake setting at E3 where they had the big haunted house? What did they do to go above and beyond? Or was it just a generic conference room with a no, bunch no, of TVs? No, yeah. Did they spice it up? You know, yeah. paint us a picture <laughs> of down here. We want to know what you got to see. Yeah, no, so uh, outside uh, of the venue, I'm not sure if I'm actually allowed to say the venue, so I'm not going to, but outside the venue, they just had like a nice sign that just said Metro Exodus with some like graphy, uh, grassy leaves that I took a picture of with a skeleton set outside. And I was like, oh, okay, this is where I need to go. Perfect. That's nice and easy. That's always the best thing. I hate traveling up up town up london up like central london because i'm bad with directions but got there um was introduced to dan who's another pr guy so it was nice to meet a different set of pr people i've got my my people that i use but you always need to know other people so it's nice to know and obviously network with other people so i got to meet dan uh, who was a great guy took care of me um and that so went inside it's all decorated it had all the metro weapons around the outside uh, next to the cloakroom so you could go and have a look at those you could see the attention to detail that goes into just making this weapon and then making it in the game so oh, it was just so much fun to like check those out look at the attention to detail of someone who had handcrafted this um, and that was really really cool um, and then you went inside and it was just t- tvs and pcs everywhere dude like i've never seen anything like that we had like there must have been about five rows downstairs. Then we had like leather seating around the edges, which was where all the Xbox One X's were, um, with like 42 inches. And the TVs were sort of set at like an angle, like a triangle sort of thing. So you'd have one person sat on this side and then one person sat the other side. And then I just sort of kept staring at this other dude who was next to me. And I got talking to him for a little bit, but I just looked at him smiling the whole time. And I was just like... Yeah, dude, I know. This game's really good. Um, so we did that, and um, then we broke for lunch. They catered lunch and stuff like that, which is lovely. But when I'm on a diet and I can't eat carbs, I'm like, can I just have the meat, please? Can I just have the... I'm, I'm becoming Nick Scarpino, I feel like. I'm like, yeah, no bread. Can I just have the beef stew? And I'm just taking beef out of it. Everyone's like, dude, what are you doing? I'm like, that and a bit of chicken as well. I'm like, yep, yep, okay, here we go. 
I did that last episode as well. I've not this keep knocking this damn picture off the wall. Don't worry about it. Um, but yeah, that was a ton of fun. Um, so yeah, we got got to sit down, went for a presentation um, with a couple of members of the Deep Silver uh, team. Uh, met some, I met a kind of funny best friend, uh, which was dope. They noticed my hat, and we got talking. And then it was like, oh yeah, you're McFister, aren't you? And I was like, oh my god, I'm done. I said I'm done. I'm like, no, please don't do that, please. And uh, and then I spoke to somebody else, and who was another fan of kind of funny, and she was like, oh yeah, I live in Germany now. I'm a QA tester for Deep Silver, and I was like has that she's like she's loving it and stuff like that that was dope and then we actually sat down to play the game so we had three different sections of the game we was allowed to play uh which was let me get it up on my phone real quick uh which was the tiger which i, I think the tiger is the only one i didn't play um due to just strictly due to time and i'll be honest with you i didn't want to play anymore i got to a point where i was like i don't want to play anymore um I'm having too much fun with this and I really don't want to spoil everything for me. Um, so, yeah. So, it was the the Vanguard, which was the snow part. The uh, the Caspin, which was the sand, uh, the wastelandy sand and the hot part. Oh, yeah. And then the Tiger part, which I never played. Um, and then, like I said, it was just... It was a really interesting experience to sort of... Usually when you go to these events, they sort of hold your hand a lot. They're like, oh, do you need help? No, this wasn't that at all. It was, we get it. You had to play games. Go play the games. The control scheme's in front of you. If you need any help, put your hand up. Boom. That was it. So they left us alone for... I played it for five hours. There's people that got there. So it started at 12, I think we was allowed to play. And it ended at six. So people could have played for about six to seven hours. Um, but I chose not to just because... I didn't want to. I, I got my five hours fixed, and I was like, that's good for me. Plus, I had to get home to stream and stuff. But yeah, let's jump into the gameplay a little bit. Um, what do you want to know, Mike? What do you want to know? You know, it's an interesting one. When I think of Metro and the games before this, I think of more of a kind of a Wolfenstein feel. It's not as fast as Doom, but it's more of that shoot, loot, and keep it moving type feel to yep. it. Now I know they're kind of pushing more of a survival type video game on this one i guess you could classify it as survival horror but it's going to be just more survival mm -hmm. action is what i want to call it so i guess let's talk about that what's the branch is it fast and furious like doom is it more mm. of like a wolfenstein yeah or does it feel like we're going to be like resident evil counting every bullet and praying that we make it through this section that's where i definitely want to start uh, a little column a a little column b to wipe out the doom part nothing like doom nothing like doom um i would say it's a mixture between that wolfenstein gameplay obviously shooting mechanics wise and yes you are counting every single bullet it is Ooh. it is for me anyway the way i play and i've I said this in the video that i'm putting up soon um the i play very much gun-ho i run in i want to shoot things i want to do the no, you can't do that in this game. It is super slow yourself down, spot your enemies. If you do want to play like that, cool. You can if you're really good, but I wasn't really good. So, and the weapons that I had hadn't been upgraded, hadn't crafted new materials and stuff like that. Didn't have a scope, didn't have an extra barrel, didn't have this, didn't have that, which is all in the game. All of that is in the game. The crafting system is really cool and really easy and really nice and clean, which is what I love about it as well. But yeah, it's very much so. I ran out of ammo every single time and I was scared. 
because I'm walking around like, damn, all I've got is this knife now. Or, and I've got my lighter out to look in certain areas or my torch or my gun, but my gun's got no ammo. So I'm walking around with this torch and I'm like, if I see something, I just got to hit that analog stick and start knifing people quick as I can. But yeah, it was... Certain areas is certain areas have certain different pacing, which which is what I would say. For me, it's a case of um, the wasteland part that I played was a lot more. It was brighter, obviously. It was it was daytime when I played it, and then it moved into nighttime, which is the weather. The weather, the dynamic weather in this game, Mike. Oh my Ooh, god, amazing, okay. amazing! The way it changes the way you play the game and approach different situations. Because obviously in the daytime, everyone can see you. In the nighttime, you're a little bit slower. You're going in stealth. And as someone who hates stealth, they have done stealth perfectly. It is very hard when you do get spotted. And people will keep running at you. Like, I had seven of these monster ghouls on me at one time. And I'm like... And I've got no ammo. So I'm running away. And they're just chasing me down this road, dude. They're just coming and coming and coming. I'm like, they're going to stop soon. Nope. They just kept chasing me. I'm like, damn. So I'm running around. I'm melee attacking. Boom. One. Run away. Run back around. Bang. Get the other one. Bang. Oh, it was hard. But it was so rewarding. Everything that I did in that game for those five hours was rewarding. Gameplay is, I'd say, a balance between... A, it's not. I wouldn't say it's a survival horror game, but it's definitely a survival game. Um, you've got your tools, whether it's your lights, um, being your light art or your lamp, uh, your torch, sorry, on your guns. Um, obviously, you've got your guns, you've got your melee weapons, you've got this gas mask that in certain areas you have to put on a gas, this mask, and you have your air filter. At one point, I forgot to craft an extra filter. You can craft on the go for certain things, like ammo and the filters, but... If you want to obviously create more, you go to your workbenches and stuff like that. I forgot to craft it, so I'm in this one area and I just run out of air and I die. And I'm like, what? What the and then I'm like, Oh, that game just taught me real quick. You need to keep you need to keep on top of your inventory management, what you have. Um I very much say this is a I think this is the best sandbox world I've been in from a it doesn't tell you you need to go and find things. You need to go loot. You need to go do this. You need to go do that before you approach your mission or your side mission. But what it does do is it's like, well, that's where you got to go. Feel free to go there. But when you get there, you're like, damn, I haven't got enough ammo. Damn, I haven't got this. Damn, I haven't got enough health packs. And then you sort of get yourself out of that situation and then you start going exploring and you start going around this world. Um, it reminded me, the wasteland part very much reminded me of Fallout in the way of you're exploring the world and you're picking up items and you're taking down like different parts of the map and different people um but obviously it's a lot more restricted than that but that's what i like about it it's it's sandbox not open world that's what you need to remember like it's not a, a case of like open world here you go go do whatever you want it's very much Boom, we've stopped here for this certain reason, which I don't want to get into story spoilers at all, because um, they asked me not to, which is, boom, we've stopped here for a certain reason. Go, you, we need you to go to this area and do this. And it's like, all right, cool. Then you start searching other areas and you meet other characters and you are picking up the cassette tapes, which the cassette tapes are super dope and they tell a great story within the story, which is always fun. And it's not a case of like, you push the cassette and it has the order. The order design, Mike, is brilliant because you have 
the cassette tape will play while you're in there and you walk away and you're like, oh, I'm going to have to stand it the whole time. Nope, it keeps on playing as you walk off and it's Love just that. great. That. So great, so great. But yeah, it's a, definitely a balance between a first-person story-driven shooter and survival um, horror. The, the dark, dark, gritty, uh, scary, I jumped five or six times while playing this game it's really really good the atmosphere is top notch oh i love that fix you you went over a lot there you know, for all of us outside the industry we we're pretty jealous of you right now <laughs> uh, i guess let's touch on really quick so you kind of touched on it's not open world no. but it's kind of a bigger map plot we'll call yeah. it does it remind you of kind of tomb raider type feel where she was an open world but it was a larger kind of narrow section that you would go down because yeah. when i think of metro and i think of shooter games similar to wolfenstein it was like hey here's the level we're going to kind of stick to these corridors mm -hmm. maybe expand a little bit more from the way i'm hearing you it almost sounds open world it sounds kind of bigger than that so would you put it on more of the scale of tomb raider and how she had it where it was these certain levels wasn't full open world, but it was a pretty big area to explore. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's exactly like that. It's sandbox, isn't it? It's this. You have your restrictions. You have your your. You're not gonna go without beyond these parts of the world, but there's so much there to explore that you don't want to just go straight to your main mission. You can, don't get me wrong, and you're probably gonna get your, key, your teeth kicked in because you haven't, unless you've got a ton of ammo and stuff. But the game really does do a great job of like, hey. Not it doesn't say it, but it, it makes you think it, which is, hey, maybe you should go and check out that warehouse over there. Hey, maybe you should check out that house over there. Oh, there's this green mushroom. What is that? Let me go check that. And then you're crawling through these dark and dingy spaces. And you're thinking, I'm just picking up this mushroom. Boom, there's a monster. You're like, what the hell is going on here? And you've got to react to it. You instant react, 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 react. Um, but yeah, it's, it's very much sandbox, not open world, which I think is brilliant. For a game like this. Open world. I'm definitely getting open world fatigue. Definitely. So a game more like this. Where it's like. You don't have to go and explore everything. But if you want to. There is brilliant. A brilliant world out there for you to explore. In the in the two sections that I definitely played. Okay. I like hearing that. Let's go over to the crafting system really quick. What kind of items are we crafting? Of course. When I think of crafting, there's so many different things mm -hmm. from Fallout 76 with just rubber, plastic, whatever you want to call it. Then over to kind of Far Cry 3, I think of it's like tiger skin, shark fins, you know, or whatever you want to call that. What is the crafting really there? Is it like pick up ammo cases and powder? Is it kill X amount of enemies and get there? You know, I don't know, Vermintide hides. What is this? Yeah, so this is a, it's, it's a bunch of different things. It's not just one. Uh, what you do is when you find weapons uh, that you're, you're out in the world, like enemy drops, you can actually de deconstruct their weapons instead of just picking it up. So X will pick it up, hold B will deconstruct it, and it will then give you an extra barrel, an extra scope. So that's oh, okay, one part okay. of that's one part of the game. Also, uh, to go along with it, you've got obviously your normal ammos, you've got your normal tool parts, we'll call it, um, like nuts and bolts and stuff like that, which all combined into making whatever it is you choose to make. Obviously, you've got your scopes, you've got your med kits, you've got your fire rounds, your different types of ammo. Like I said, you've got your filters, um, you've got your molotovs, your cans to distract enemies, you've got a throwing knife, you've got there's so much, Mike, that to be crafted, 
and there's so much that you're going to want to have and you're going to want to chop and change your different scenarios around what you're doing. You're not going to want to just play around with one. You're not going to want to just use this scope or just use this belt or just use this. Do you understand what I mean? Different different parts have different advantages. Some do more damage. Some are more accurate. Some have got better stability. But yeah, you're always working towards upgrading your weapons and your armor. And then obviously beyond that, there's a few other parts that um, I didn't really dive too deep into. But um was a lot of fun. Lighting's obviously a key thing in this game as well. So you're constantly going around turning on lights. So you've got more light. And the game does a really good job of that. Where it's like, cool, you've got your light on your gun. Or you've got your light on, which can like... You're frying sort of uh, spider webs so you can walk through and stuff like that. But they've also got lights around, which is like... That's down to you. How do you want to play? Do you want it to be dark? Do you want it to be gritty? Do you want it to be scary? Do you want to sneak up on enemies? Or do you want the lights on? Do you want to be able to see? Do you want to be able to get those headshots? It's got a bit of both. But the crafting, for me, was really fun. I really liked being able to take different parts from weapons, pick up weapons that I liked, and then take parts off my old guns that I liked as well, and then be able to go back to my workbench and start reconfiguring my guns and stuff like that. So, yeah. Oh, that's really cool, Fix. Okay, I like that kind of crafting system there. Yeah. Let's touch on that dynamic weather you touched, uh, you talked about. Mm -hmm. So it's it's not true open world, but it's that sandbox. So you're going to have some space. How does the weather play a factor? What kind of weather are we going to see? Are we going to see giant sandstorms out in the desert? Are we going to see rain? Are we going to see snowstorms? How does that change the gameplay? Yeah, well, from what I saw, um, I saw a very... When I went on to the, uh, the wasteland part of the map, this is where I saw the most of this. Um, I did the snowy map, which was cool. Didn't see too much of a crazy stand, uh, snowstorm or anything like that. A little bit of snowfall. Um, it was pretty. It was nice. It was cool to have the effects there. But where I really felt it was good and changed the game was during the uh, wasteland part um it went from like a day to dusk night uh weather and you had a sandstorm sands going past your face you've got wind just blowing things everywhere the sand design does a great job of that obviously expressing that but um everything about it was it just changed the way you played a little bit because you're finding it harder to see so it does make you then adapt how you want to play as well because obviously, if you can see, you're gonna go. I, for me, if I'm good, if I can see enemies, I'm shooting enemies. But when there's a sandstorm and it's like it's that in between period between dark and day and night, it does change the way you move. It does change the way the game feels and how you want to then approach different areas. I, I said in a, like I said before, it there was parts where I was in a in a house and I'm like, man, I might just wait for the night, the day and night cycle to go over. Or I might go to sleep at this part in the game because it's nighttime i want it to be daytime it really does change the way uh, you play and how you experience this world um and how enemies are going to approach you so yeah it's really cool really cool yeah that's super cool okay i like that and then my final one is i want to touch on the main character who you know i'm not quite sure mm -hmm. i haven't done my research on this i believe it's a girl there I don't know her name. I don't know any information about her. And then, of course, I want to touch on the enemies. We've seen the kind of rat-like mutant creatures. We've seen some of the cultists, we'll call it, you know, the crazy, just yep. normal humans. Give me a little span of what we got going on 
not too deep yeah, into yeah. the story. I can't. But, you know, give me yeah. the general overview. What do we got here? Yeah. So from from what your your plan as a character, I don't remember the gentleman's name, or I've got it written down somewhere, but I haven't got my notes in front of me. And to be honest with you, I didn't want to. I kind of didn't want to remember who I'm playing as because this is the first experience for me in Metro as well. I kind of want to be able to start from the beginning, which I don't think that's where I started. Um, would have been a really weird place to start if that was the case. Um, and I want to learn about these characters. I did learn a few little things that, again, I don't want to spoil. Um, I wasn't playing as the female character, but I did see her a lot. Um, I did go on a mission oh, okay. with her as well as. Um, and there's a few other things, again, I don't want to jump into because of spoilers. But um, I was playing as a, uh, a character that... It come across that the leader didn't really like us, but he puts up with us. He puts a lot of pressure onto us. Um, he, We're like the go-to guy for him. There's plenty of other characters around that could do this task, but he trusts us with it. He's hard on us, but he trusts us to do the job and get the job done. And we can take care of ourselves. Um, when it comes to enemies, yeah, you've got your, your normal bandits, we'll call them. Um, I don't know the full details. I saw, obviously, I saw the Metro trailer, the story trailer. Didn't get to see any of those werewolves. I really, really, really wanted to come up against some of those werewolves, which I didn't get to, but that's a shame. But I did get to come up against um, some enemies in the water, which was interesting oh, that were jumping okay. on my boat, uh, which were sort of like crab-like monsters. And... I was sort of just trying to avoid them to the best of my ability. They would jump on my bow. I throw down my paddle and pop, 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 pop. And then we go again. And that was kind of a cool, like the waters are not safe. Like you can't just go running through water, obviously. Um, you need to approach it a certain way. Otherwise you're going to die. And again, everything feels very purposeful. And it's really cool. Really, really cool to see it mike i'll be honest with you obviously bandits ghouls uh there was bats i come up against these very very interesting spiders that were terrified of the light so that was built into a whole part of a game that i played a uh, map that i played or part of the game i played i should say sorry um where you're not meant to shoot them you're meant to just shine a light on them from my understanding that's how i played it anyway and they would come out of all different places in this map so i'm walking through this toilet and you hear a noise behind you and you're using your headphones you really are you're like crap spin around shine a light on them and you're like okay boom they disappeared again and you walk back through you're walking through you're walking through and he's in front of you shine a light end up killing them with the light takes a long long time and it's a slow process as you're going through these really dark and dingy corridors or you're in the air vents which i was at one point super scary but super fun really really liked it that's awesome. And do we have like a Cassandra Alexios type pick and choose who you are? Or is it just every other mission or certain amount of missions you switch that set? So character? again, I didn't. I was playing more of a, a open world sandbox X when I'm doing my chapter select. Like I said, there was three different chapter selects for me to do. I only got through two of them. So there was no option for me to pick a different character or anything like that. Maybe that's in the full game. I would have thought they would have announced it by now if it was. I do think you're very much... In the shoes of this main character, and you're going to experience the other characters around you. Um, voice acting was fantastic from what I played. Um, loved hearing the Russian accent and stuff like that. Translated through uh, subtitles for me. Really, really, really interesting. The story there, what I've experienced, is cool. It didn't ever. I people have a lot of people have been asking me, um, Fixer, was this game a little bit too too much? Where like 
you don't know what's going on. No, I always felt like I knew what was going on. I understood what I was doing. Um, yes, I'm sure people that have played the two previous games are going to have a deeper knowledge on uh, what's going on in this world. But me, I I knew what was happening. I knew my role as this character, and I was ready to go and do it. So yeah, I really enjoyed it. I love what I played so far, man. Well, you've had a smile on my face this whole time. Good. I'm sure everybody listening right now cannot wait. I hope I asked everybody's questions. If I didn't guess what, the game's right around the corner. <laughs> and we're all going to be playing it real soon. So I'm jealous of that. Uh, Fix, that's all I got. You got cool. anything else you want to tell us about? No, no, no. I think that, that was that's pretty much it. I'm, I'm glad that. Thank you again to Deep Silver for inviting me. Obviously, that's super important to say. Um, I'm glad that I got to do the preview event because this could have easily have been one of those games that I just went, no, you know what? No, I'm good. I'm good. Mm. Crackdown drops that day. Um, uh, Far Cry New Dawn drops that day. Uh, like, there's so much dropping around that day that if I didn't get to experience this game, Maybe I would have went, uh, it doesn't matter. It's not a big deal. It don't matter. But it does matter. It is a big deal. And it really is an interesting game. And I suggest that people do check it out. So, yeah. Let's move on, though, Mike. Patreon producer this month, of course, is your boy, Mike Lynch. Yo, Mike, I'm going to tell you about Mike Lynch. Saw on his Instagram, he's got a girlfriend. Mike Lynch, that's my guy. Well, I was thank like, you so much for your Patreon for support. Dude, I was like, what the hell? Mike, you've grown up. You was a young man when I met you like three or four years ago. Nah, you're a big adult. I don't like it. I don't like it. It scares me. But let's get into the news. Big one this week, Mike. Uh, Bungie splits with Activision, but they maintain Destiny rights. Bungie and Activision are parting ways after entering a publishing agreement in 2010. Bungie maintaining publishing rights to the Destiny franchise. Bungie made the announcement through Bungie.net today. In an official statement, uh, Bungie says, quote, with Activision, we created something special today. Destiny has delivered com uh, a combination of over 50 million games and expansions to players all around the world. End quote. Uh, quote sorry. Following this eight-year run, Activision has trans uh, transferred publishing rights to Destiny uh, for Destiny to Bungie, allowing them to develop and fully control and publish on its own. What do you make of this, Mike? Are you a Destiny? Was you ever a Destiny guy, or not for you? No, definitely. I was a Destiny guy. I enjoyed Destiny. The grind eventually got a little too long for me, a little too boring, especially when you got to those higher light levels and it was like this much would make the difference for you. It was yeah. so small, and but it would be so insurmountable at times. But what a fun game. What an awesome idea. This is huge news for me. I mean, wow. Bungie, you know, made one of our favorite games with Halo, then went away from the Microsoft umbrella hooked up with Activision to create Destiny 1 and Destiny 2, which people around the world universally love, no matter how mixed your feelings are about the end game content and onward. Really, those games, everybody knew when that came out, people were going to play it, people were going to jump on it. So they created something special. Now, here we are with Bungie, no Activision. What's going to happen next for them? Do we really continue on with Destiny 3 after kind of some of the negative feelings towards the end of Destiny 2? Or do they break off and do something different? I'm excited to see what they do. We know it's going to be a tight, fun shooter no matter what because that's just their pedigree of awesome gameplay. What will they do next? I don't know. But this is big news for me. Big stuff. Yeah, it's an interesting one for me because... 
Destiny's always been that hit and miss game for me. I always I bought it and I bought the season pass the first time, and then I loved the beginning part, and then I hated the end part, uh, the end game. Same thing goes for Destiny 2, and I've always hated the way they monetize that game because which is like the DLC for the season pass is pretty much crap, and then the expansion passes are really good. They've got to figure out that part, number one. But going into it, they need to stop splitting the player base. Um, they need to come out and say, all DLC will be free, but expansions won't. Perfect. Cool. Got no problem with that. Just be upfront and at least let me know what the hell I'm getting. Because that's always been my biggest gripe with Destiny. Bungie have got no one to fall back on that. And that's the only thing that scares me a little bit. Which is Destiny 3 is going to be a thing at some point. Probably 2021 to 2022, I would have thought. They are going to have to get some real resources and money to get behind this. Or they're going to strip away what Destiny is. Activision took the brunt of most of that, I would have thought. And now they haven't got that now. They haven't got the excuse that Bungie made us put in these um, microtransactions. Which, again, you can have microtransactions, but just do them the right way. Um, you can have a season pass and an expansion pack, but do it the right way. They no longer have the excuses that they used to have. Now they are independent on their own, growing their business, paying out lots and lots of money. Um, do you think they remain independent, or do you think that maybe Xbox will go and be like, hey, I know we broke up the first time, how about here's, we'll buy you, which means you will have all your independency, we take the brunt of the of the work. I don't see it happening personally. They got out of a relationship, you don't get in a relationship, get in another relationship, and then go back to the norm. Very rarely to go back to your ex-ex. That's not a thing that really happens. Business is a little bit different to then a girlfriend or boyfriend, but you get what I mean. Do you think that Microsoft you can know, pick up the phone? Uh, yes, I think Microsoft and Sony, anybody around this world that's that big that can help them is picking up the phone and calling such a great team with an awesome pedigree and an awesome resume. I mean, we've talked about this with Microsoft buying all of those you know, smaller developers, those 12. We talked about this. They would be stupid not to pick up the phone. Everybody's picking up the phone right yeah. now. Will they jump on that? I don't know. Bungie could do this on their own, but it's nice to have that backer, those people that are there to support you, whether it be financially, maybe more team members that they can devote to you from their larger scale group. It would be the right move. But, you know, you're touched on Destiny 3. I don't know. I, I guess you would have to go Destiny 3 if you stay by yourself. You can't just up and, you know, make something brand new. There'd be a lot of money to be put into that. Be a whole new world to build. So, yeah, we probably have to go Destiny 3. I could see them staying independent and going by themselves here. But it'd be nice to see them hook up, even if it's with Sony or whoever, just to have that backing. You want somebody like this to continue on. I don't want this place to fold. I don't want them to fall apart. They need this. And it's nice to have some help. Yeah, I definitely don't want to go to Sony strictly because so I don't see Sony letting them publish it third, like on third-party software. Where Microsoft, if Microsoft bought them, I can totally see them going, all right, we know Destiny's a big, a big game. We know that PlayStation have a huge audience already with them. Let's just publish it everywhere. Like, as much as it wouldn't be an exclusive, which I think is silly, they would have the exclusive rights with, like, DLC content and 30 days early and all that stuff, or even egregious, more egregious like it was in Sony's case. Um, yeah, I, I, I hope Sony don't get them. I hope that Xbox don't get them as well, really, because I do think it'd be cool to see them run independently and what they can do. Will that happen? I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. But time will tell. Time will tell. 
Um, next up, PlayStation 4. I know we're talking about PlayStations. Um, and cross-play play with Rocket League is now a thing. Um, developer Psyonix announced on Monday on the PlayStation blog that Rocket League now has full cross-play. Rocket League can uh, players can now matchmake against PlayStation 4. Nintendo Switch, Xbox One, and PC Steam. Uh, the Vice President of Marketing, Sionix, Jeremy Dunham, said that the cross-platform parties will be available and easy to create once they release their first update of the year. Rocket League is the second game to be part of PlayStation's cross-play beta program, and the same as Fortnite, which joined in September. Mike, this is a, this is a huge one, where this is... Rocket League is big... But it's not Fortnite big. Do you think this now opens the floodgates to be like, hey, you let them do it, why can't we do it? For, on Sony's point of view. Xbox is already good with it. Uh, PC Steam's already good with it. Nintendo seem pretty much good with it. It's only PlayStation that's like holding us back right now. Do you think this is the, the moment the floodgates open? Or do you still think it'll be a slow trickle in? This is uh, not the moment. This is just a small crank in the floodgate to proceed to open. This is a small trickle. We already knew Rocket League had that moment. Mm -hmm. They had the full cross-platform play. Kind of got brought back when Sony really wanted to take a look at this before they deep dove into opening everything up. They started with Fortnite. We knew Rocket League was going to be second. I knew that because they had already done it. They had spoken about it. They had been so active on saying, hey, we want to do this as a group. We believe our game should be the one. We knew this was going to happen in a matter of time. I don't think this is the one. Maybe the next game or the game after that, you need a, a little bit bigger title where it's going to be like, okay, now everybody's on the phone saying, hey, we got to do this. I'm looking at more of like a Call of Duty, a Battlefield, something that's so big that the world now takes notice and it's like, wow, this is the moment here. Rocket League is just a small crank in the wheel that gets us closer and closer to this actual future happening. It's nice to see Rocket League get it. Again, I have to log in and see what that's truly like. A couple weeks ago, we did the Switch, Xbox, and uh, PC crossplay tournament, yeah. and it seemed to go all right. It really seemed to just be kind of a code that you could send out to get other people in. Yeah. But we were having issues like inviting people from the Nintendo Switch so getting people from the PC to actually get together. Mm -hmm. It was a little bit of a learning curve. To be fair, that is what they said. With the new update, that's going to be a lot easier creating a pie, just like it is in Fortnite now. That Rocket League need their own infrastructure of how to invite people into that party system, which they're saying will be working with their first update of the year. We don't know when that will be, but interesting nonetheless. Um, cool. I, I am really excited for this. Um, not for the Rocket League as such, because I'm not a Rocket League, pl a Rocket League player, but... The fact that we have another game. That's two. That's two. That's like, that's huge. Like, I wouldn't have thought we would get two. Not yet, anyway. So, it's cool to see it happening. It really is. Well, it's interesting. I want to take a quick moment. Let's deep dive a little bit deeper here. Now, it's all cool that these are happening and we're having these cross-play moments right now. But let's think of it from a bigger perspective. How am I going to talk with you, Fix, if you're on Nintendo Switch and I'm on Xbox? There is no party chat. I know everybody's going to start yelling, Discord, my Discord. And that's what I want you guys to think about. It's like, here's that third party that needs to start creeping in, like Discord or Skype or somebody to be like, hey, let's bridge the gap. Because truly, when you think about it, my Xbox party's not going to sync with your PlayStation party, not going to meet up with your Nintendo eShop party, whatever you want to call it. How am I going to hear your voice if we're all on the same team? Are we matchmaking in and out of different teams? 
What's going to be that one to bring us all together so I can listen to you and talk? Because why would I play Rocket League? Why would I play Fortnite? Why would I play X if I can't hear you and communicate with you? Yeah, I mean, Fortnite's already got their own in-talk or in-comms on Fortnite. I imagine Rocket League has the same most games do, if we're being honest. But I get what you're saying. I get what you're coming from. You've got to remember... The hardcore of the hardcore, most of us do use Discord. And most of us don't use um, Party Chat. If we do use Party Chat for Xbox, we use it on our PC anyway, which means anyone can use it anyway. Um, a PlayStation fan could use it on their PC if they've got an Xbox account and log in. Most of us, most of the hardcore of the hardcore which you're talking about have that workaround already. I do think it would be really cool if Discord was like, cool, we're now Xbox compatible. But I do think that would absolutely kill Xbox Party Chat. I don't see that ever happening. Same going for Sony. But maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. Who knows? Um, Nintendo have already got their weird party system, which is already third party. So that's no difference between that and just downloading Discord, really. So there's already, for Nintendo, they're just pointless when it comes to this. Um, there is an in-game voice chat, so I don't think that's the biggest deal ever, if I'm being honest. But yeah, in-game we'll voice chat with a little bit smaller crew. When you get up into the bigger crews, I don't want I mean, in-game voice chat. No, like but I said. mean, we plan if you're playing Rocket League, the most you've got in your team's four, right? Yeah, Rocket League so, and Fortnite is perfect. Yeah. When we get into Call of Duty and more, that might be too many. Um, um, but there is voice chat in Call of Duty now, so it, it still would work. The, the point is, I get what you're saying. If you want the best quality, you're going to go and log onto your Discord. That's what I do every time. I wait. I'm not even jumping in party chat. I'm not doing it. Like, That's so I, interesting. You use Discord for everything. I never use Discord. Me and the boys are always in an Xbox party no, it, chat. Bro. It's the the audio is worse from a streamer's point of view. I can lower your audio. I can hire yep. your audio in Discord at a free will. I can pull you in and out of channels. So I've got my lock channel, obviously, which is my live stream channel. Which means if you're being a dick or saying something very inappropriate on my stream, which can get me banned. I haven't got a, oh my God, jump into a menu. Oh, do, 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 oh I'm already banned. Like, boom, get you out, bye, done. Discord, from a streamer's point of view, is the perfect thing. Um, making a Discord channel is obviously big, and like, that's why I use it. Um, and it brings a community together. There's a hub world for fans, and that's why I use it. It's just easy. People think it's so hard, it's not. It's click, done, connect, done. It's on mobile, it's on iPad, it's on, do you know what I mean? It's everywhere. Apart from on your console at the moment. I know people like, well, not all of us have external microphones. Not all of us. But the people I mostly play with do. So, there you go. I love that. All right. And if you don't, buy a microphone. That's your problem. Um, moving on. Xbox Studios teases new Microsoft technologies. In a blog post, Microsoft offered what is a hot tease of what to expect in the time ahead starting in 2019. Xbox fans will have titles like Crackdown 3, Ori and the, Bl uh, Ori and the Will of the Wisps, Gears 5, and Minecraft Dungeons to look forward to. Of note, all of these games and all future Project Fur titles will be coming to Xbox Game Pass memberships. And the quote we have here is, Microsoft is shy uh, sorry, 2019 is shaping up nicely for Xbox, PC, and mobile gamers alike, end quote. Also in 2019, uh, there will be a significant new update for CFEs called the Arena, which adds a competitive uh, mode what people have been definitely asking for. In addition to all of these new CFE expansions, Microsoft further teased release of its new studios, 
uh, from its studios around the world. Microsoft said delivering new Microsoft technologies is one of the company's ambitions going forward. So pretty much a nothing quote, if I'm being honest with you, but it's a quote nonetheless, so we had to report on it. Um, all those games, Mike, it's going to be a bit of a weak year again for Xbox, isn't it? Game-wise, game-wise, first buy. about it. Yeah, when we talked about our top 10 list, we really touched on it at the end there of like, wow, that's not many first-party games, if any, that we even put on the top mm -hmm. 10 list. So that kind of hurt. This year, you know, I just look forward to Gears 5. I look forward to Crackdown 3. I know not many people do for critical <laughs> acclaim. Yep. But it's just, you know, at least you're getting something instead of nothing. nothing. We yeah. had a big year last year where it wasn't really – anything to go tell your mama about from this first party team so at least we did get those 12 studios they're going to start developing outer worlds has already been kind of shown and maybe be coming sooner than we thought it would be like you said fix but here we that's are. not exclusive though. down at least exactly uh, yeah but at least it's coming from our team yeah. where when i looked at the other games there was nothing over there crackdown gears of war those are truly the only Ori. two i can look at you and be like or yeah or it's not my cup of tea, though. Yeah. That, that probably, you'd have to really get me involved to put that on my top 10. Mm -hmm. But at least those two games I'm vibing with. Ori's there, too. That's three. Minecraft Dungeons. I'm super in for that, dude. I'm gen I generally, I love Minecraft. Minecraft. Minecraft's amazing. I love Minecraft. Um, but yeah, no, I'm with you. I totally agree. There's nothing to blow your skirt up, is there? The, I generally, I know some people don't care about Days Gone for Sony, but I'm really looking forward to Days Gone. Um, and that is like our equivalent of Gears of War, I'd say. That's where we're at. I get that that's a new IP. Gears is already established, but we know what we're getting from Gears of War 5. It's the extension of 4, more story. It's Gears of War gameplay. It's a cover-based third-person shooter. Cool. It's going to be great. But we're not getting anything really out of this world this year, which makes perfect sense because we're winding down this generation. So we will see. Next up, one you're going to like, Mike. Crackdowns 3, 5v5 Wrecking Zone multiplayer was a design decision, not a technical constraint. Um, I also read uh, another GameSpot article saying how the Wrecking Zone mode is actually really, really good. Um, I've not played it myself, but apparently it was worth the wait. But let's carry on. Wrecking Zone, the Azure-based, cloud-based, uh, cloud-powered multiplayer mode of Crackdown 3 has been the main topic of discussion throughout the game's development since the stunning Destruction tech demo at Gamescom 2015. In a QA published by the Xbox, the official magazine, during February 2019's issue, uh, Joseph Staten, Senior Creative Director at Microsoft uh, Global Publishing, talked, and the quote he said was, that was a design-led decision. It wasn't technical constraint. Fire versus Five gave us a good balance, uh, especially with the map size. Overall chaos, Crackdown 3 is very fast. Your hyper agility, hyper agile, hyper agility, jeez. Uh, the world is blowing up around you, and if you are surrounded by 50 players, it just becomes much harder. Um, I feel, uh, I think, sorry, it becomes much harder. I think. To feel powerful. This way, you really stand out, take aggression actions, and be rewarded for them. You can feel like an agent, so you so really, it, it can come down to design. There's certainly the ability to have more or less players, but we playtested it over the years, and we have gelled around the team-based 5v5 
uh, action. He also went on to say, we prototyped a bunch of modes. We have all kinds of dreams how we can take this. People were asking about Battle Royale. Why aren't there 100 players? There's a reason we have kept it Vive V5. The map size is 2. There's so much stuff that you need to keep in memory due to the destruction, and there are limits. How does that make you feel, Mike? Uh, I think it's the right answer. We already knew this coming right there, Fix. We touched on it before of, like, they showed that one to four players co-op main story mode, yep. and then they quickly moved away from that into this 5v5. I'm very excited for it. I like the team arena type feel. I love the levolution and the destruction that we're going to see. And I think that quote really did a good job of explaining, of like, if we put more people on the map, if we did the Battle Royale 100 versus 100 or whatever you want to call that, you won't feel that powerful. The game is meant to have you running super fast, jumping over tall buildings, punching people through buildings. If it's a battle royale, you you know, you kind of start breaking the game when a hundred people are on there and everybody's trying to do the jump over you and destroy you with a giant mega punch. It just doesn't feel the same as when it's intimate. It's that 5v5 we can kind of take the map down a little bit and really give you true perfect map sizes that are going to have everything exploding around you. Certain pieces of the map will destruct in the middle of it all. This is the right move, 5v5. I would love to see them get into some, you know, is it Team Arena one death? Is it Team Slayer? Is it Capture the Flag? Is it King of the Hill? These are all the game modes that he's probably talking about. Bad Royale, in my mind, it's not the move because we are jumping over buildings. We're all running super fast. It wouldn't feel right to me if we were doing a battle royale here. Yep, I, I agree with you. I'm not interested. I mean, the multiplayer looks pretty good, so I'll probably give it a go, but that's about it for me. Yeah, mm. and we talked about it as well, Fix. It's like five on five is the right answer to add on to your single player story. Yes. If we're trying to sell the battle royale, we've already talked about this. There's way too many games already with battle royales. Nobody's going to come over and be like, oh man, did you see Crackdown 3's got a battle royale? and jump ship from the battle royale they're already playing. Nope. That's not the right move. That's a lot of resources wasted to put in there, a lot of time and effort that very little people are going to play. Mm -hmm. If we do 5v5, all I need is 10 people. We always yeah. talk about the longevity of these multiplayer games. And if you don't have at least a small core audience to play this, we looked at it with some other games that weren't even getting 100 people in the match. They were getting like 26 we're not going to play Battle Royale on a giant open world with 26 people. Why not just do the five on five? Then at least those people can cycle through a game at least instead of sitting there. Exactly. 100% agree. 100%. Next up, Gears of War Tactics shows up on Razer's website as an Xbox One compatible uh, game on for mass and keyboard. So before we get into this one, so yeah, this was the uh, Razer have a website where the new keyboard is compatible with these games. And what happened was Gears of War Tactics was on that list. As we all know, Gears of War Tactics not slated to come into console. So it sent a few oh. people. It sent a few people in a tizzy. Um, but unfortunately, it has now been taken down off of the Razer website, and it only has Gears of War Five on there now. But what this has led to the speculation of from myself is: Do you think that one day Gears of War Tactics will come to Xbox One? And will only be keyboard and mouse supported, not controller supported at all. I don't know. 
No, because the keyboard and mouse that they're promoting right now is extremely expensive. It would be tough just to buy that to be able to do that. Of course, you no, can no. plug in any keyboard yeah. and mouse to be able to play, which could get people there. But they've done so well at adding controller support to games that are really usually just keyboard and mouse anyways. I think of Halo Wars 2. That's a real-time strategy game that yep. they did a phenomenal job putting controller support on. Now, on the flip side, I thought this game was coming to Xbox no matter no. what with controller support. You got to think, Gears of War Tactics is about to be XCOM. How can you tell me this is a mouse and keyboard game only? XCOM is literally click on a player, you have five options, or you move the player. That's all. What no, kind of, I, don't, I, don't what think, I think it's going to be more than do that. You think, really, what yeah. extra stuff do you think then is forcing me to only have a mouse and keyboard? I don't know, I don't know the exact because we haven't seen mm -hmm. that much. But um, even even Halo Wars, like you said, is played better on the mouse and keyboard. It feels better. Like, Mutant Year yeah. Zero feels better. What I think this was was a case of Microsoft, like, opening their options where it was like, do we want to bring this to console? I think, yes, it comes to console one day. At launch, no. But this would open it up to come at launch. As long as there's a big, huge disclaimer that says, this is a mouse and keyboard only game. Like, you cannot use a controller for it. Why not have it on the store? It doesn't make sense to not be on there and to launch exclusively on the Windows Store or anywhere else for it to die, in my opinion. They're not going to launch it in um, Steam. Maybe they team up with the Epic Store, but I don't see that happening because they're Microsoft. Microsoft are bigger than both of those. So, I don't know. But yeah, this was never slated to come to console PC only. Oh, that's, that's extremely disappointing news, and I think you're sending out an awesome game that's sent out to die now. I think PC has a large audience, and with that cross-platform cross-buy, it's all good and well. But at the same time, this is a Gears of War title that was going to sell through the roof if it's on console. And I truly, like I just challenged Fix, I defy you to tell me what would truly be needed for a mouse and keyboard that this controller couldn't do, because that's crazy to me. We've played... This looks like XCOM. It's going to play like XCOM. We know that. They've done XCOM on controller. We've had real-time strategy games that have come onto controller that work just fine. Yeah, they maybe play better with mouse and keyboard, but we're talking about a game that you're most likely just playing against the computer with that is going to be very slow, methodical gameplay with that pick and choose. No way that this game cannot be played with a controller. I'm baffled by what's happening here with this decision. And I definitely want to learn more and see what's going on. Because it's a game that I was excited for. Now this is a game that I'm not going to buy and or play. And I would love to see what the player base truly is when this does release. I don't think it will be gangbuster numbers then. But I, don't think, I didn't think this game was going to sell gangbusters, even if it was on Xbox, personally. Really? Just, yeah, because Gears of War's in decline anyway. Like, Gears of War doesn't sell nowhere near as well as the first three did. Um, those were big, big games. Tactics looks like it's for Xbox fans. And... You've got a PC, so why not play it there? I don't get that. You still earn achievements. You still earn, no. if that's what you care about. But why is the controller so important? The controller isn't the important thing to me. It's the console. The console is where I go to play all of my games. I'm not a PC but, player. But that's what I'm saying. I'm an Xbox player. Okay. Right. So, but what I'm saying is, so if it had just keyboard and mass support on Xbox, which is what I think they're going to do in the end, would you play I would it plug it in. Yeah. Yeah, I would plug it in. It yeah. has to be sold on the Xbox console for me, even if it says P or you know, keyboard mouse only. Yeah. I would still buy it like you said before, but I would be I'm hard pressed to believe that the console 
and the controller wouldn't be able to do this. This seems like something that could be added in. Somebody should be able to find the workaround of the A, B, X, and Y button scheme with the two analog sticks. This should be easy. This shouldn't be an issue here. I thought it would sell well because this is hitting that niche that XCOM players love, that tactical game. And you got to think XCOM has come out. It's had its DLC. It's kind of, you know, it's just there now. It's not really getting anything, any sort of pop that people are looking for. Here's a game that's just like XCOM, but with your favorite Gears of War characters. Now I thought people would like that. People would be interested. Of course, it is a hardcore audience with that game type, but it should sell decently well. Yeah, we'll see. We'll definitely, definitely see. Uh, next one. Over 1 million players have played Resident Evil 2's remakes demo, but only 29% of them have actually completed it, which is ridiculous to me. Um, but people are probably thinking, Fix, you didn't talk about the Resident Evil demo. What the hell? Um, this demo is the exact same demo that I played at uh, Loading Bar um, three months ago, four months ago. So... I played it on my Twitch channel. I watched the new trailer they dropped at. They dropped with Hunk and Tofu, which looks amazing. But you weren't going to get the same level of hype from me because I've already played this. Unfortunately, I know what the game played like before everybody else, which I'm very privileged again to be able to have done that. Um, so I knew what it played like. I knew what it looked like. So everyone else is having their like, oh my God moments where I already had that maybe three months ago. So it was nice to jump back in and see Leon. Look how beautiful he is. Look how beautiful that world is. Um, it was nice to see the extended trailer as well. But beyond that, I was like, I just need the game now. It's a week away. Next week it comes out. And I can't bloody wait, Mike. I can't wait. Like, generally, like, I've not been this excited about a game in a long, 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 long time. I can't wait. Did you play the demo yet? I had not played the demo. That is on slate for tomorrow night for me on stream. Mm -hmm. But it's interesting you say that that percentage of, like, 29% beat Ridiculous. this or completed it. Now, let's talk about this really quick because there's two schools of thought. I was more on the path of I get 30 minutes to explore you you know play the gameplay feel out the controls and kind of see the whole world itself no how big is this demo fix because you've played it of like you know is it you can beat it in 30 minutes or should i be looking at it as like go explore see the scenery feel out the maps and the button controls and go see what there is to see should i really be rushing through it i thought the goal was kind of to explore it more than rush through it and try to complete it yeah um um I mean, a bit of column A, a bit of column B, I'd say, personally. The demo can be beaten three minutes. Three minutes it time. It can be. It could be. If you know what's If you know what he's doing, it can be beaten in three minutes time. But I'd say I'd be in 14 minutes, um, not knowing that if I, when I went back downstairs, it was going to end. Um, I put, The reason I think this demo exists, this is like my opinion of... The demo exists to show you that the camera angles are like this. The gameplay is like this. The graphics look like this. That is what this is for. I do think that 30 minutes is a lot of time to beat this tiny, tiny... Because you're very constrained in what you can do anyway. Because you can't get certain keys. You can't get back into certain areas once you've been through them anyway. So there's plenty there to miss. There's plenty more you can do as well. Don't get me wrong. But... For me, it was a case of 30, 29% is a very low percentage of a million people. Maybe you're right. Maybe I'm looking at this wrong where I'm like, oh, that's actually a lot of people because people just ran out of time because they were too busy looking around this world, looking around this demo, didn't care about finishing it, but cared about seeing as much as they could. 
and maybe that's what maybe that's what happened. Yeah, I think when you get that thirty-minute time clock on here, that one-shot feeling. I thought the goal was like, let's just explore, let's enjoy the scenery while we're here. Like you said, Fix, a lot of people have already played this game, know this game. They're not really in a rush to be like, hey, I got to beat this little tiny piece because I know the game's right around the corner. It's like, yeah. why don't I enjoy my 30 minutes with it? Because this game comes out in two weeks or a week from now. You know, why don't I just enjoy the time that I have? That's how I was looking at it when I come in tomorrow is I was just going to smell the roses, walk around, see the detail. You know, I'll report back next week on did I complete it? Did I milk that 30 minutes? Yeah. Could I have beaten it faster? But 29% out of a million is technically still pretty high when you really think about it. That is a bit, that's a pretty big number. I guess. I guess. I just want everyone to beat this game. Everyone needs to buy this game. We need to get Resident Evil Remake free. So please buy this damn game. Please. Buy the game. Please. Uh, next up, Final Fantasy X and X2 HD remasters and Final Fantasy XII finally have Xbox One release dates. Square Enix has announced that the release date for Final Fantasy X and X2 HD remaster and Final Fantasy XII, the Zodiac age on xbox one will come out on april 16th um for uh the hate 10 and 10 2 hd remaster and april 30th on final for final fantasy 15 12 sorry i read that really well weird so my apologies um but yeah are you gonna jump back into those games i never really liked those ones to be honest with you i played I 10 and didn't enjoy it I'm only jumping back for Blitzball. Shout out to Mr. Moody for letting me know that it's in this game. I'm only buying this you gotta game get, for Blitzball. you got to get a certain far in before you get to Blitzball. You know that, right? I'll make it. And then once I do, I'm becoming a Blitzball pro. Okay, there's no going back. <laughs> okay, got y'all. Got y'all. Uh, Games with Gold this month. Celeste from January 1st to January 31st. WRC 6 from January 16th to January uh, February 15th. Far Cry from January 16th. Today's your last day of getting that one. So if you're not listening to today, sorry. Um, to, oh, no, I'm a liar. From January 16th to February uh, to January 31st. Jesus Christ, Fix. Lara Croft from and the Guardian of Light from January 1st to January 15th. That's the one you can't get anymore. No emails in Fixer's Sack this week. So if you have any questions, myxboxandmepodcast at gmail.com. Questions, comments, concerns, question about Metro Exodus, question about Mike's beard, question about my face. Who cares? Who wants them? Make it happen. Let's plug, plug, plug and get Mike in bed. Let's go. <laughs> uh, this is your boy, Snowbike Mike. You can find me on all social medias at Snowbike Mike. Please do me a favor. Go over there. Hit subscribe to the MC Fixer YouTube. Go over there if you got an extra dollar to spare. Go support him on patreon.com slash MC Fixer. Our goal is to keep the lights on. Our goal is to help him achieve his dreams. So when you're out there, maybe you're supporting already. You say, Snowbike Mike, I already do that. Well, here's what I want you to do. Create five burner accounts on YouTube. Hit subscribe <laughs> on all of those. Then I want you to go over there, tell your mama, tell your daddy, tell your best friend, tell your auntie, tell your uncle, tell your work coworkers, tell your managers, tell that couperista at your local Starbucks, hey, do you have an extra dollar? Maybe an extra $5. That's the same price as a cup of coffee. Go over to patreon.com slash mcfixer. Support him. He's giving you awesome content on the daily. Gives you an awesome pod to step to. Not just one pod. 
not just one pod. He's got more pods for you to listen to. So please go support him. That's all I need to plug. You're a crazy dude. This is your place to plug. If you're not supporting Snowbite Mike on Twitch, YouTube, <laughs> and everywhere else, Snowbite Mike, go find him. Um, your boy's doing great work, especially on Twitch. I, d I don't know anyone that can keep up that amount of hype all day long. It's ridiculous. Ridiculous. But thank you for the positivity. I appreciate it, Mike. Um, go check out the new Metro Exodus video that is up on my channel. We really need this one to do well so we can keep getting invited to new events and stuff like that from Deep Silver. So if we can can make that happen go like share drop a comment let me know any feedback on the videos uh, that i do put up there's gameplay there so you can see brand new gameplay that's not been seen before so go and check that out mike thank you so much appreciate you and until next week we will love you leave you and see you all later goodbye